For this episode of Behind the Boss, we're meeting up with Noah Beck, the golden boy of TikTok, who in just over two years has become one of the app's breakout stars. Beck, originally from Arizona, downloaded TikTok in January 2020 as a soccer player at the University of Portland. He hosts a podcast, Put a Sock in It, with musician and fellow content creator, Lorray, and runs a successful YouTube channel where he shares moments from his life with over a million subscribers. We sat down with a social media star to chat about navigating viral fame, full-time content creation, and what's next in a career that seems to be just getting started. Noah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How thank are you. you? What an introduction. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, thank you for joining me. I guess my first question is, you've gone from, well, relatively zero to hero in two years. How does it feel? How did you do it? Yeah, so basically, um, it's weird to say, but I mean, a lot of people say this, but it's usually the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say COVID changed my life, um, for what I think is the better, at least it looks like that right now, it's been... It's been unreal, actually, going from, you know, my whole life wanting to do one thing, which was play professional soccer. And like that was my dream growing up. And I didn't really have a plan B, never thought about a plan B, at least. And then all of a sudden COVID hits. I get sent home from college, my first year of college, Mm. you know, could only train so much out of the day, could only work out so much, could only do so much online school. And then I was like, I can't see my friends because we're all in lockdown right now. So what do I do with my time? So then it led to a a little bet with my sister, Mm. me being an annoying little brother. I was like, (laughs) I bet I can have more followers than you on TikTok. And she already had like 8,000. So like, who was I to even? So we gave it like a two week period of like who could do it. And... I made a couple of videos that night and woke up with like 20,000 followers. Whoa. It was pretty surreal, yeah. How did it feel to just suddenly know that eyes were on you? It was it was weird. I don't think it really registered. Like right when I woke up and saw that, I thought my phone was like glitching. I was like, <laughs> I was like, who's doing this? My you phone's know? added a couple of zeros. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I, it was pretty surreal. You know, I woke up and I saw the videos had like however many views they had but then i saw my follower account i was like this can't be right like there's no way and um like the only thing that was going through my mind at that point was like well i won the bet and so i I went over to my sister's room and i showed her and she was like what and i didn't really give it full thought of like how many people actually like 20,000 people is Mm. like it's a if you put them in a room like it's crazy to like to think big room but yeah it was pretty surreal and I I didn't really think anything of it because I didn't want anything to like I kind of pushed off to the side I was like I had my little moment of glory you know my moment of fame if you will Mm -hmm. and I kind of pushed it to the side and focused more on soccer you know focused on just like you know because we didn't know how long COVID would last we didn't know how long we were going to be in lockdown they were just like to be determined, like, we'll yeah. keep you guys updated. And I was like, well, it could be any minute now that we get that call being like, hey, you can come back. And, like, the last thing I wanted was to be out of shape, you know, lacking on, you know, slacking on grades and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was just kind of doing everything to kind of stay focused with all that. And it got to a point, like, a, like a few weeks later, I was like, it's not it's not hurting anyone. I was yeah. like, it, it, and matter of fact, like, I had kind of fun with it. What was the first video? Two on the first night. Okay. So I downloaded the app and I was like, let's see like what guys my age are doing, you know? Uh, let's see like <laughs> what the the hype is about this app. I, I came across a few guys that looked around 
my age range and we're good looking guys. And I was just like, okay, let's see what they're doing. Let's see like the trending stuff that they're doing and like, let's see what sticks. And I'd look at the comments, be like, oh my God, we love this stuff. And I would be like, okay, how do I take this and make it like, how do I put my own little spin on it? Yeah. So the very first video I think I ever did was like a transition video. Mm-hmm. Awful, by the way, like mm-hmm. so bad, the transitions, like, mm-hmm. I would try doing like one of those things where you would record and like flip your phone and like yeah. people make it look so smooth. Like you would literally like, <laughs> like all in one take kind of thing. Yeah. Mine would be like a cut and then it would clearly be like, it was awful. Yeah. But you hadn't pe- honed your art. No, I, ha- I hadn't figured it out yet, but people loved it. And mm. people were like, who is this new guy? You know, like the, that whole thing. Cause I literally had zero followers mm. and all of a sudden people are seeing this video and then Later that night, like right after that, I was like, well, I'm just going to make two. Just why not? And like the first one took me two minutes maybe yeah. to make the transition. And the next one I made was like, I think a Juice World, <laughs> like a lip syncing <laughs> video of me kind of like looking at the camera, taking off my jacket yeah. like, in a pretty seductive way. Um, yeah. It was, I look back on it and I'm like, Ugh. but I mean, it worked apparently. It did the job. It did the job. So, I mean, no shame, but. Yeah, those were the two videos. So when you had all the hits on that first two videos, right. you weren't like, this is it. This is my TikTok. I'm, I'm pivoting to TikTok. Right. You were like, whatever. So what point did you decide, right, TikTok is going to be my thing? It, there, I don't think there was ever really a point where I was like, you know, I'm doing this like full time. I eventually f- fell in love with just like the idea of like creating and just having fun with it mm. while I didn't really have anything else to do, you yeah. know? Um, but there was a time when fast forward like a few months from when I first downloaded it. And at that point I had gained a couple million in a few months, which is insane to even mm. think. And then genuinely, genuinely, genuinely insane. Yeah. Um, but then it got to a point where I think I started getting DMS. People started reaching out and were being like, you should come out to LA and like, see if you like it or not and come hang out with us. You know, I had, a uh, like a content house named mm-hmm. Sway, uh, Sway the Sway House. They uh, they the reached out. The infamous Sway House. The infamous Sway House. <laughs> uh, they reached out and we're like, hey, you want to come out and hang out? You know, we are trying to like do this rebrand and I'm like, yeah, come see if you get along with the boys. And if you do, like, let's let's find you a room in the house. What happens in a sweat in Sway House? It's it's really what you see online is very like probably what you'd expect Mm -hmm. when you watch the videos that the sway boys used to make like what you'd expect to happen offline is probably what happened it was just like teenage boys just having fun Mm -hmm. being stupid you know (laughs) just just having a good time you know a bunch of kids with money living in la at a young age it was it was pretty fun a bit chaotic at times Mm. yeah so when i came out one time i came out for like a week had fun got a taste of what life was like as an influencer a content creator a content creator yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like this seems like too good to be true because mm. it was genuinely having fun kind of documenting it putting mm. it online getting millions of views and bam like that's how it works and in my mind something was telling me like this is too good to be true mm. like don't fall for it and but then i was like why not like let's try it for a few months and if yeah. i don't like it i could always go back to soccer yeah but at the same time i couldn't go back to college soccer because at that time recently the rule was just changed but ncaa college athletes couldn't make money yeah uh based off the likeliness of your name and i had talked to my dean about it and i was like i'm not signing autographs i'm not 
like anything based off my likeness in my sport. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not selling jerseys or anything with my name on it. It was like having another job and like what you could do, like you could work at a restaurant or anything yeah. if you're a college athlete. But w- there was this long discussion about it. And then eventually they were like, look, like we're sorry, but it's based off the likeness of your name. And I was like, oh, it's annoying because I would get emails being like, hey, you want to make a video to this song? Yeah. And we'll pay you this much money for promoting it. And I was just like, people were kind of handing me money. And I was like, I couldn't take it. What I was being offered was a fortune, you know, being a college athlete that hadn't really ever really made that kind of money. And it was too good to pass up. And I was like, well, I'm at a point where I wanted to do, I wanted to be one and done anyway Mm -hmm. in college. Like I wanted to do that and then go pro. And like, that was my goal. So I was like, realistically, I'm at the end of my freshman year or in the spring season. So like, Worst case scenario, I, I take this leap of faith and mm-hmm. go out in LA, have fun for a little. And if like I realize eh, it's not for me, go back and yeah. play, try out for a professional team. And yeah. if I make it, great. And yeah. How, how was the transition from the kind of structure of that into something that was more... Definitely. Emails um, coming in, respond to that, do this song or not, decisions, right. decisions. Well, I think going from a very structured lifestyle, mm-hmm. obviously, to a lifestyle where I'm able to like really set up my own calendar and mm. really be like my own boss in, in this space, in this industry, I guess, in this city. It was weird to adjust to at first because it happened at a time where it was literally summer. Like I finished my f- freshman year online. Mm-hmm. So it was summer. It's not like I was missing school or anything at this point. I, yeah. I was just having a very long summer yeah. break. And I spent it in LA with, with people that I never thought I would uh, meet in person. You know, it was weird seeing like, your for you page in person and then like living with some of them it was very there was a part of me like when i first walked in the house uh when i met some of the people that would been dming me that i would see on my for you page people that i would like go to inspiration like on their videos and it was like there was a part of me that was a bit like it wasn't i don't know if i would say i was starstruck but it was more of like it was a big deal it was weird it was cool and i was like i have no shame in saying that like i was genuinely like this is cool, you know, and this is something that you don't really get used to seeing people that you grow, like when you meet new people and you have such an admiration for them, or I have no, no shame in admitting that, like, there are times where I get like, wow, like this is pretty unreal. I mean, at that time it was so new because, Mm -hmm. and the numbers were insane in terms of everything, just because it was such a new thing. Mm -hmm. People like during COVID while they were in quarantine, everyone was just on their phone, you yeah. know? And then as soon as the world started opening back up in some areas around the world, we realized the numbers weren't as good and people mm. were like starting to worry and they're like, oh my God, there goes my job, like that kind of thing. And I was just like, well, good thing I started to kind of plan earlier of like the longevity of all this. Because yeah. I knew that this wouldn't last in terms of like the, I could Everyone post a video of me day. staring at my camera and it would get 20 million views. You know, mm. I, I knew that wasn't realistic. Yeah. And so luckily I have a very good team around me and we kind of sat down and figured like, what do you want to do? And I, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. Yeah. And and I, and I think being just turned 21, I, I think it's totally okay for me to not have that concrete answer. Me too. I would have just finished up my junior year of college and I would be going into my senior year of college, which is insane to think. But I don't think I'm supposed to have it all figured out. That's why I'm trying to find things that genuinely make me happy 
that I can share with people that I can kind of, you know, the relatability aspect is also nice to have. Yeah. Uh, but I do think like that there are times when I just want to like do something and not really have to worry about like, oh, hopefully this does well on social media. It's yeah. like, cause then you find yourself in this box, <laughs> you find yourself in this box yeah. and that's, and, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people start out with like this niche, right? Like mm -hmm. they have like this thing, like if you want to learn about makeup, you go to this person. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn about hair, you go to this person, soccer, sports content, you go to this person. Like I never really had that. Like I don't, I don't really have a niche. And I think right off the bat, like when I first started making content, it was something I thought about, but like not too in depth because I didn't think I would ever be a social media influencer yeah. content creator. I was just like doing it for fun. And I was like, when I got to a point when I was thinking about moving out to LA, I was like, should I start focusing on one thing? Mm. And I was like, that would put me in a box, but at the same time, that would bring me a very loyal fan base of mm -hmm. like, he is a person to go to if yeah. you want to know more about this. And I was like, yeah, but how cool would it be if I was just able to do anything and like yeah. those fans would follow me and it would be like almost exciting for the people who follow me and support my content. Because exactly, they never know. Mm. I think it's kind of cool when like, I'm full of surprises. Mm -hmm. Like I literally just want to try everything. Yeah. And and I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can. And it's been amazing. And, and yeah, it's, it's been cool. fun. What inspires you to do new stuff when you're trying to do new things? Uh, it sounds so cliche, but honestly, curiosity. Like. Mm. I'm genuinely just curious about a lot of the things that I try. Like, for example, I have, I've always had this love for movies and I've always loved the idea of just going to the movie theaters. And it's like, I think I have some of my best memories at the movie theaters, just like with my family, with friends. Like, I just love it. Like the whole experience, you know, reclining chairs, popcorn. Yeah. And just like the way a movie can make you feel. And I'm like a kid that grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. I never thought I'd be in a position to like audition for movies. Like I never even knew the process of like getting into being an actor. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, well, I'm in this industry now where I'm in entertainment. You know, mm -hmm. I live in LA. I'm like, all I really need to do is have one talk with like my agent and be like, hey, yeah. can I like, I kind of want to act. Yeah, you'll be in uh, Jurassic Park 4. This conversation took place pretty early on uh, yeah. when I first came out to LA because I realized this is one of my longevity plays. This yeah. is like one of the things that I'm like, if social media goes to crap, mm -hmm. this could be something that I could find very intriguing. And this is something that, I mean, you can do for, for your whole life if yeah. you wanted to. You can act for however, whatever age. I started taking acting classes very early on. So I fast forward a year and a half and I've still been doing acting classes and I'm just like having fun with it. And I didn't grow up as like a theater kid. Mm -hmm. I, I have no experience in mm -hmm. acting, none. But it was fun to do something new. It was fun to like try something. And now I start filming my first movie in August and I have the lead role and I have a producer credit and I'm so excited because it started with curiosity. Brilliant. It started with the idea of like, I wonder what life's like on set. Like, I wonder what is like, like we see the outcome and how brilliant these movies are. Yeah. But what is it like? What is it like? And then yeah. you realize that it takes months out of the year. It's uh, it's a grind. Life on set is very structured, mm -hmm. and, and I yeah. do think that I, I I might enjoy the whole process of you know waking up early days, late nights, and then seeing the final product. Yeah. Like 
a year later. Yeah. I think that's really intriguing to me. Lots of things have happened to you, right? You're on this career path right. and you take a little diversion and then you're like, wait, everything I thought I was working towards going pro is, there's everything to play for. I've tried this new thing. Definitely. I mean, you're trying this new thing that is very reactive and quick, mm-hmm. right? You're like, this is fun. I'm just going to record it and right. post it and you get an instant feedback. Then you're moving into something much more meaty in a way, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm going to, commit to something and not know the response to it for 18 months, two years. Yeah, no, I. that's very interesting. The stakes are so much higher when you can't get, you're not in a feedback loop. Exactly. And it's very, in my head, like I'm my hardest critic. Mm. Like I, I overthink a lot and and I think I, I use it to my advantage at times. Yeah. Just because like whatever people are going to say, like I've already thought about it, Mm. you know? So it's like, I am prepared for the critics. Like you can never, that's one of the things with social media, like that I've learned Mm -hmm. is that you cannot make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. And if you waste your time trying to make everyone happy, you're just going to burn yourself out. And it's like a dog chasing its own tail. It's like, you're never going to get it. It's a, it's very, it's, it's impossible. So, so, so the idea of, Doing this movie, I've been taking acting classes. I, I, I know I'm nervous, but I'm excited. It's yeah. something new. Like I I never know if I might be awful at acting. I might see myself and be like, <laughs> I might see myself and be like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. But I tried it. What's going to kind of annoy me because I've already thought about it and it, 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 it's definitely going to come up is the idea of people being like, oh, he only got this movie role because of his following. It definitely is an advantage, of course. Having the numbers, having the social media following, it's an advantage. Like, don't get me wrong, in in every aspect. But like, if the scripts were flipped, you're telling me that you wouldn't use it to your advantage as well. I think there's lots of reasons a door might open to you. And if you go through it, you just have to be good enough on the other side. Exactly. (laughs) Like, no one cares. Exactly. If you are good at what you're doing if you're giving it your all i think that's the important thing exactly like people may say that like when the announcement was made like people are like oh like here we go and another tiktoker trying to get into like the movie space and like people could say that now but i want them to see the movie Mm. and be like fair play you know like well done like i want people to see the movie who don't even know who i am to be like oh a kid can act you know like I i think that would be the coolest feeling and so that's like where the hours of acting class come in. That's where like, yeah. I think my competitiveness that derived from playing sports growing up, like that's where all that comes from is just like, I know how hard I work. Like I know the work mm-hmm. that I've put in. Mm-hmm. Now it's just about executing. And yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Exactly. Um, what are some of the sort of unexpected consequences of a meteoric rise to right. fame? Right off the bat, the first thing that comes to mind is, I, I feel like it's just with anything. Like when people see someone climbing to the top, when they mm. see someone on the top, immediately they're gonna try to bring them down. Mm. They're gonna try to, you know, ground them a little and or a lot, a lot, um, <laughs> really just yank you down. Yeah. Uh, so that happened to me right off the bat. Like when I first came to LA, people were like, "Oh, he's a new kid in town," like that kind of stuff, and. I didn't know what to think about. I was just like, mm. yep, I'm new to LA. Mm. just moved here. Like just having fun making videos with friends. And then all of a sudden people start going back and like liked tweets from 
2015, you know, mm-hmm. when I was in high school and like people just digging. Yeah. And I think that is one of the biggest things. Like when you ask that question, that was the first thing that came to mind is just the way that people dig mm-hmm. into your past. Mm-hmm. And luckily my parents installed in me at a pretty young age. Don't be dumb on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, like whatever you put on social media, <laughs> it does not, whatever you put on social media does not go away. Like don't put anything yeah. on social media that you wouldn't want your boss to see. Permanent you, record. Exactly. It doesn't go away. Yeah. They drilled that into me at an early age because they knew I wanted to go pro, to go to a good college, that kind yeah, of whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And so they were like, your coach is going to look back at these things. And there was part of me that was like, a professional coach isn't going to look back at like the tweets that I liked from 2010, yeah. you know? But yeah. uh, part of me was also like, I'm not going to like disobey my parents. They have my best interests in mind. Why would I be like rebellious and put anything on the internet yeah. that like I would regret later? So people would dig and like, yeah, they didn't find anything. And then they would be like, just a lot of different things. Then here come the rumors of like mm-hmm. making things up. Like I had people in high school that didn't even go to my high school. I had no idea being like, Noah Beck bullied me in high school. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Like, it, <laughs> I, like they would look, you would look on their page and they would be like born and raised in like Philadelphia. Yeah, and I'm like, I've well. never been to Philadelphia in cool. my life. So very chill way to behave. So very frustrating when you're having a lot of people say things about you that aren't true. Yeah. And yeah. the first thing, like, this isn't true. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like, mm. I, I I don't bully anyone. You could only bring so much attention to it to a point where it's like, why am I even addressing this? Why am I giving in to, like, this person clearly wanted me to see this yeah. and, like, react. react. Yeah. And so when you stop giving people reactions, it just completely strips the power away from them. Yeah. So I had to learn that because I there were a few rumors that I gave into and I was like, Guys, I promise this isn't true. And they would be like, why are you getting so defensive? And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, get more like, people doing it. Exactly. Fortunately, I had friends that I had met when I first came out to LA that warned me about mm. this and kind of were like, trust me, don't give in. Like this happened to me. It's nice to have people who have been through the same things. Yeah. And they were like, just don't give it any attention. And I promise you it'll go away in a couple of days. You've been extremely successful in leveraging kind of like partnerships. What have been some of your favorites, your favorite collaborations? You know, I've been fortunate enough to work with some brands that I've dreamt about one wearing, working with. I never thought I'd be in a position that I would be sitting here today yeah. <laughs> doing a podcast for Boss. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's actually a dream and it's insane. There's just been so many brands, people that I've just been like, wow, it's actually amazing that I'm in a position where I can say that I've worked with them or I've partnered with them on something. You know, for example, I just, um, the title is Social Playmaker, but it's for MLS. Mm -hmm. It was like a recent partnership for Major League Soccer, which Mm -hmm. I'm stoked because I grew up in their academy system. And so it's kind of like my two worlds colliding of like being a social media influencer, that kind of thing. And then when I was 15, like I moved away from my family to go to an MLS Academy. Mm. And so it was really like a full circle for me. Yeah. Because, and that was really cool because that helped develop me as a person and a player growing up. So I owe a lot mm-hmm. to MLS and I just love soccer. So obviously yes. it, it was a no brainer. And then, yeah, as far as like people, mm-hmm. I, I think that itself is just, uh, I have met some crazy people, some people that I never thought in a million years that I would be in the same room as. And 
I say this a lot, but I honestly think that like I owe a lot of it to my pivot into fashion. Mm -hmm. And I think fashion has opened so many doors for me in the best way possible. And I, I'm I'm so glad that I did it because I've always had a love for taking care of yourself, like look good, feel good, health mm -hmm. as wealth, like that kind of thing. And I've never really been ashamed to like do skincare. You know, I, I grew up with two sisters. They kind of like brought out a bit more like my feminine side and yeah, I have yeah. no problem with that. And it's literally- to look after yourself. Exactly. And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't understand why it's like not masculine to like treat yourself and, yeah. and like take care <laughs> yeah, of yourself. No, it's not at all. <laughs> and then like, I, I think with just fashion, like I've always loved the idea of it. Once again, never thought I'd be in a position to like, buy some of the clothing that I now partner with, that yeah. I now work with, you know, yeah. the, the shows that I go to. Fashion's allowed me to like travel the world to go to these shows. And like now I have a different appreciation for it. And it's uh, it's truly been amazing. And I've gotten to meet people from all over. You know, I've mm -hmm. met through fashion. I've met sports icons, which has been amazing. Which I've, sports icons? You know, I, I I met I met Neymar, oh, yeah. Neymar Jr. in Paris, yeah, and that okay. was That's surreal. Pretty special, yeah, pretty surreal. And now yeah. we exchange numbers, and now I can text him. It's just unreal to think when when you have Neymar texting you to like play Warzone, and it's like, yeah, sure. what? And then uh, just other surreal moments. It's been crazy, but that's been the nicest thing is like meeting some of like my idols, and then them being such genuine people and mm. such nice people and like picking their brain a little how to survive in this world and it's been very nice yeah and it's really cool tell me a bit about the put a sock in it podcast all right so put a sock in it podcast is uh, a podcast with myself and my friend Larry. Mm -hmm. larry is on his birth certificate but oh i see he goes by Larry. i like Larry. Larry is nice it yeah. rolls off the tongue nicely um <laughs> so he and i like became really good friends like right off the bat mm -hmm. like our energy just kind of clicked we started a while ago just like collabing and making youtube videos together TikToks, whatever that may be, whatever that may be yeah. but i was like no one really gets to see what we're like i say off camera yeah. when like podcast is still on camera yeah, but, but it's, it's more of like it, it's more depth mm. i feel like you're more vulnerable when you're just like sitting there talking totally and so we had this idea to do this and our dynamic is quite funny. And so that's why we came up with put a sock in it because we have no problem telling each other to like shut up and yeah. like be like, you're wrong and then like continue to go. So um, that's how we came up with the name. What do you we talk just, about? Anything. We, 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 have, <laughs> we have guests and, it, and it's just been really fun to kind of just do this with him. When your job, like when one of your jobs is to literally go in and like have a conversation with your friend as well as bring someone in like we have we have episodes where it's just us and mm -hmm. we're talking like you know like catching up about what we did this week you know stuff that like i think our fans enjoy hearing yeah um while also touching on you know current events like not like political things like that but more right. like current events like in the in the tiktok world um yes. it, you know it's feeding <laughs> feeding our fans with what they want to hear but yeah. like also trying to be more vulnerable and like be like how are you like genuinely yeah. and when we bring on guests it's really fun too because then when we talk about things we have a third perspective mm -hmm. and we have like these little sequences that we do where it's like when maybe a game you know like would yeah. you rather's like that kind of stuff and it's just like fun stuff that you it's don't really fun, get to but, and it's like an extension of the world for people that have loved your TikTok. exactly 
Just tell me, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? That is a great question because I honestly think, I, like to this day, I'm like I said, I'm still figuring it out. Like yeah. I literally two days ago um, was just in London for Soccer Aid, which is like a mm -hmm. charity match over there. Mm -hmm. um, went on their Instagram, saw from recent years, and I was like, what an honor! Yeah. Like they're so selective with with who they invite, mm. and just being a part of that was so cool. Mm. Where I was going with that, I think just being back on that on that field yeah. and in front of that many people, that made me miss it yeah, so much. It never leaves you, right? Never leaves me. I, I don't think that chapter in my life is fully closed. No. Who knows? Maybe something stirring up in that. Uh, is around the corner. In three words, what are the traits you believe make a good boss? So I think passion is definitely one of the words. Mm -hmm. Another word I think that would make a good boss is I think empathy. Mm. If you're able to feel how someone else is feeling, like, I feel like that is a huge quality. I feel like the best boss mm -hmm. has empathy. I feel that is a very key trait. Agreed. Last one, <laughs> ambitious. Mm. I feel like ambitious has got to be one. I feel like you just got to dream big. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things that I just hated hearing growing up was uh, when people would tell me to be realistic. Mm. I hated it. Mm. And there's so much more to be done. And I feel like I am a very ambitious person. And I'm like, well, if I did this, like, I, I'm, I just never am really like complacent. On that note, thank <laughs> you for joining me. Of course, <laughs> no, of course. It's been brilliant to have you on the podcast. It's been amazing to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Behind the Boss with your host. That's me, Raven Smith. If you want to find out more about what it takes to be a boss and the stories behind the inspirational figures of today, make sure to tune in.